Well, hi, everybody. Yes. Welcome to Slappercast, episode number 22. Can't even count that bloody Can you believe that? It's been 22 uh, episodes already. That's ridiculous. This week, in pure blackguard fashion, with no blueprint, no foresight, no nothing, we're just going to... Just going to freeform this thing. We're going to talk to our friend, Jose Figueroa. Our very first guest on the program. He's a Houston institution just in, in, in himself. He's a, We've known him for quite a while. He's been coming to see Blackguards for a long time. And uh, I know him because he lives in my neighborhood and he and I run the same track, uh, although he a lot faster than I. <laughs> um uh, Jose is going to, well, he'll tell you more about it. He's uh, in the process of making a feature film, and we'll let him talk about that when he get, comes in here. Yes. And um, and also, we, just to mention, too, coming up, we got um, First Friday in Bryan. Yeah, on Friday. Which is a, an outdoor concert we're doing, early show, all ages. Uh, if, you're, if you're within earshot or not, you know, make the stop. Um, and then I think we're going to be in Galveston the next day? Yep. Stuttgart and Galveston on the Strand. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Stuttgart's serving coffee now. They've got really good coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. And then the very next week, we're going to be in Weston and Omaha. Yep. So buckle up, kids. So, Jose, can you pronounce your name for me? It's it's, uh, Jose, uh, uh, J-O-C, Figueroa. It's uh, F as in Frank, Uh I-G-U-E-R-O-A, and it's pronounced Figueroa. You know, literally means fig plant. You know, it comes from the Latin oh. root. Old friends call me fig, you know, or <laughs> at work, I'm Mr. Fig, you know, because yeah. I don't want to pronounce it out. So, yeah, it's like, it's a fig plant, fig tree. It's Figueroa, literally in Spanish means fig. Okay. You guys tell me what I need to do. I'm, I'm new to this. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what we'll do, what, what we're going to do is, um, we, uh, I was just, I was interested in what, when I heard about your latest endeavor, and uh, you, you know that you got some funding, and you're, that you're going after this full throttle. I love to hear that, and especially the Houston con- connection, because where what we're doing is we're well. Let me rewind back to the beginning. Chad said many, many, many moons ago, we need to do a podcast. I said, shut up, Chad. Nobody <laughs> wants nobody wants to hear a podcast. Well, after you know a few more, hey, we need to do a podcast. I said, well, let's just do one. I'm just say, anyway. The response was great. So. However, what we've un- what we've known all the time, but we kind of unearthed in this format is we're always shining a light on Houston. We're always, you know, just in yeah. love with the town. Yeah. And people that don't live here don't understand it. And people that come here and don't visit the right spots don't get it. And I understand that. That's all right. And, you know, we're, we, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to, to fight anybody yet on that, you know. So I heard what you're doing, Jose, and, and I and I, I I just said we got to get this on on our thing because we're we're going to you, you know in in Chad's infinite wisdom with the with the with for, the foresight of doing the podcast. I said you know this town needs needs a uh, although it's it's got a strong community it needs a stronger adhesive you know it needs a stronger a stronger sense of people working together and are are you a native? You- yeah, I mean, uh, uh, no, I'm from the Valley originally, but I mean, I've been here since I was a kid. I went to elementary school, Houston, HISD, all that. Lanier Middle School. Yeah, me then, too. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Purple Pops. There you yeah. go. There you go. Um, yeah, settle down. It settled down. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, HSPVA, uh, visual too. arts, visual arts, uh, music. Media. 
media. You remember the media department? <laughs> media department, the old media department. Now it's like creative writing. So wait, what year did you graduate? Is there, uh, uh, eight, uh, 85. I was a, a sophomore when you graduated. Oh man, so we were there. Man, you look, I keep thinking I know him. You know, it's, it's yeah. weird. I hadn't, David Craig, you know, uh, jazz musician, know David, bass yeah. player, David. Yeah. So it was like, David was there. He's, you know, he's younger, right? He's your age, same he's year, a year, a little younger, older, year yeah. older. Okay. And so the, the thing is, it's like, I didn't see David for probably 25 years after school. And then, uh, you know, I don't know, several years ago, I run into him and we look at each other. We know each other from, it's like that instant thing. But um, but yeah, Houston is 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 wonderful that way because um, uh, I think the arts community is more connected than you would think, uh, and a lot of people travel in the same circles. And I guess because we're all so busy, maybe we don't ever take the chance necessarily unless we we go up beyond that circle and say, "Hey, where do I know you from?" We don't stop and and I, the, the, to make the point is that I, what I've been able to do is that I've been able with this, I've been able to. Um, uh, sort of reconnect with with people from HSPVA and mm-hmm. people in the visual arts scene too, for that matter, um, uh, in, in a way that that makes it seem like uh, Houston's a lot smaller than it actually is. You know, and the people making art in Houston, music, visual art, whatever it is, are uh, they're a tight bunch, uh, and 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 of course, there's there's you know subsets and all that, but it's amazing to see like a gentleman like Thomas Holton who plays uh, trombone in the Houston Ballet uh, Orchestra, right? And then, so he's there, I go see him in Capellia, uh, Capellia uh, at the Houston Ballet one night. And then a few days later, he's playing at the House of Blues with the Houston Jazz Orchestra, you know? And to make that connection, you know, uh, with, with Thomas Holton, somebody like that. And there's a lot of people that sort of make their crossover. Somebody like... Uh, um, uh, Richard Chalakian, you know, who's a drummer, uh, who plays, he plays jazz and mm-hmm. free jazz and yeah. avant-garde you know and blues too? and rock, you know, and, wow. and on, in one week, it's like, you know, I can see him at doing all four of those things or seeing it's the oddest thing. When I started doing this, I go, I know that drummer and yeah. I go somewhere else, totally different, totally different music, blues to jazz. Oh, I know that drummer. Mm-hmm. And then something a little bit more avant-garde. Oh, I know that drummer at Latsu or something. That's that's the same guy. That's Richard Trelockian, you know? And so that's, that's fascinating to me. That's really cool. So it's become, uh, so to, to, I guess, go back, uh, HSPVA was a foundation for me in terms of my creative kind of, uh, uh, spark, you know? And unfortunately I kind of left it. I kind of went on into did social work and I did, edu- well, some great things I was doing, you know, and, but they were they kind of kept me away from from art, you know, art. And I see myself as an artist. Yeah. So what I'm doing now is I'm a, a, a it's a video, but it's part of my art, you know, yeah. um, a creative process. My my um, part part of my vocabulary and uh, of what I do. And uh, but I was able to come back to the uh, be able to come back to this and, and approach it in a different way. Because so I think if I just went and I said, well, I just want to make a film about Houston. I think this helped me focus, and that is. This this film is actually about how great Houston is because of the artists. Yeah, so so, so let's talk about that because I, 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 I was intrigued when I heard what you were talking about uh, as as far as you, this latest project because you know like I said we see you at the clubs and we never get a chance to talk and again see you running we're not talking we're you know usually you know it going in different directions at warp speed I might add so um, 
so tell us about your project. Tell us about this latest Houston endeavor because that's that's what uh, I was absolutely thrilled to hear that you're shining shining another light on this wonderful town of ours. Yeah, thanks so much. So I love Houston, like I think you guys love Houston, and um, but we also realize that it doesn't. There's not uh, a lot of people sort of uh, uh, promoting us, you know, out there. Uh, and, and maybe we have to take the, the reins into our own hands, right? We have to do it because somebody else isn't doing it. And, and that's not criticism. It's more like an observation, right? You're 100% so we, right. We talk about that all the time. And I, I think maybe, you know, we're, we're a working class kind of city. You know, I think, I think we'll, wherever we are, it's music or you're a lawyer or you're a nurse or whatever. You know, I think we're a working class thing. We do our jobs and we do it really well. Yeah. You know, but we don't self-promote. Yeah. You know, we're, and I think, and I discovered that by musicians and I mean, as a visual artist, I'm bad at that. I'm terrible at that. And maybe I'm thinking, oh, you know what? But I can promote musicians. I can't promote myself, but I want to promote musicians, right? Or the music scene or Houston. And so um, uh, I started uh, uh, dancing, uh, taking lessons like 20 years ago. I really, I love more than anything. I love like old standards, like, um, uh, swing dancing standards. And I, my, my father was a professional musician. He mostly the Latin stuff. I liked, I liked Latin music, salsa, that kind of thing. And, uh, I didn't grow up with my dad, but you know, I, I saw him around and he played around town. He still plays, uh, long story short, he's a trumpet player. And I, I played trumpet as a kid, but so all these things, I kind of I had my, my kind of a, a taste for music. And of course, HSPVA, HSPVA was yeah. like the next thing. So I want to, I want to try this. I want to dance and I, I'm, I'm terrible. I, I can't dance. I have, I'm, that's the way I approach this. I can't dance. I have left feet. I'm going to take some lessons. So I start going to uh, Latin uh, ballroom lessons and Latin lessons. And, and then I started and, and like in tango and everything. I tried everything and I was terrible at it. But what, what happened eventually is I ended up uh, with the swing dancing scene uh, but what it, a lot of these scenes are, it's like you, you, you take a lesson and you have like a, you have a DJ session, a, a DJ dance, DJ dance. It's not live music. I always want to get out the live music. And I kind of was stuck in this rut and I was still a pretty bad dancer, according to the <coughs> ladies. And so a lead, a bad lead. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to get out there. And so, the, you know, they, so I'm dancing at, at these events, you know, with the DJ and they're telling me the ladies are telling, you know, and people are like, I'm behind my back. He's not very good. Don't dance with that guy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of, but you know what? I just, I'm just going to get out. I'm going to start exploring things. So I started going to places like the Big Easy on Thursday nights with Luther and the Healers. Okay. Yeah, good old and that Luther. was like my first experience with like live music on a regular basis. Yeah. And so I, I get out for Luther and the Healers and, and I start dancing. I'll just ask a lady. I'm just, you know, I've been taking some lessons. I'll, I'll ask ladies to dance. And the ladies tell me, oh, you're really good. Okay. And so I'm like, um, and, I, and I ask another lady to dance. I say, oh, you're a really good dancer. I want to dance with you again. This is like, you know, dancing to, a, you know, in, in a live situation. And I've been dancing at, at, these, uh, at this place at like the Houston Swing Dance Society. And they're telling me I'm terrible. And <laughs> probably the truth is somewhere in between, right? Yeah. The, the truth is somewhere in between. <laughs> but it motivated me to keep dancing. And yeah. the thing is, after I spent a lot of time going out on a regular, and I'm telling my friends about it, all my other friends were still over at Houston Swing Dance Society or wherever they are taking dance lessons, uh, SSQQ, you got to come out for live music. This is not, this, that's the bomb. That's really what you feel. You feel it inside. You feel that music. And, but I started taking lessons again, and I realized I was better at lessons. There was something about going out to live music that made me a better dancer because I'm listening it's also, you know, I, I heard Mustang, Mustang Sally's uh, played by like 
five different bands in one week, maybe, you know, and, wow. and maybe the same song, but they're all going to play a little bit differently. And as a dancer, mm-hmm. you have to adjust to that, you know? And so all these things were like telling me that, that live music is where it's at, you yeah. know? And so when I try to get people, I try to be an ambassador for this. People just wouldn't like, they weren't convinced. They said, well, Houston, I go to Austin for live music. I go, oh my gosh, how offensive can that be? Yeah. <laughs> As it, no offense against, you know, Austin, but there's good music in Houston. There's all this stuff. Oh yeah. So at this, at this point I knew very little. I needed the big, big easy. I knew some jazz mm-hmm. places like Sambuca and, uh, and the big easy and maybe Shakespeare pub. But I said, you know what? I got to make, I got to make, I got to do something that like, will just prove my point. And so I came up with this idea in 2013 and I started telling people about it and they, they, they start laughing. They said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. In, in the year 2014, every day, I'm going to go somewhere, Houston, some, a different place or a different band. And I'm going to dance with a different girl or whoever I can get to dance with me. And for 365 days, I'm going to prove to you there's great live music in Houston, you know? And, and I, I bought a, a, a GoPro camera and I started on December 31st, 2013. Alan Oldie's band at the Big Easy, Alan Hill and those yeah. guys. Oh, cool. And Big Easy, I'm sorry, the Connell Club. Excuse okay. me, the Connell Club. I was going to say, do they ever I went, I went to the Big Easy that night too. Tony mm. Vega was my, yes. my, my yeah, day. guitar player. So that night, midnight came. I was at the at, at Connell Club. I left Alan Hill and those guys. I went to the Big Easy for Tony Vega. Mm-hmm. That was January 1st, 2014. Okay. And that's where it started. Wow. You know? And I did it for a whole year and, and I, I did it on my Facebook page and I, I had the GoPro, I'd set up the GoPro and so it would catch me dancing and I have all these pictures back then of me dancing. I put down, the, I put the name, first name usually of the lady I'm dancing with. I tag her if she let me tag her. So I, one day I danced, one time I danced with Alan Hill, you know, at the <laughs> yeah. uh, groundbreaking for the, the match, uh, you know, uh, uh, he was there, he was the band. That was day 127. I remember that day because yeah. I danced with Alan Hill. Yeah. I couldn't, there were all these dancers there, like actually like professional dancers that danced with like, you know, H Houston Ballet and stuff like that. And they were like, no, I'm not going to dance with you. I don't know. It's like, look, it's like yeah, groundbreaking. It's a, it's going to be a cool thing. So things like that. So it was a, a wonderful experience that first year. I met a girl. She was like my girlfriend for about 90 days. And she danced with me like a hundred times, you know, and people were like looking, okay, okay. I want to see you're dancing with that blonde. Let's see, let's see where they are tonight. And like, what's she wearing? And it became like this whole thing on Facebook. Like it, I, I got so many hits back then, you know, it was like, like every month was like 10,000, 15,000, almost 20,000 hits on my page. Like all these people are like really interested. And I realized it was like, they, they want to see the girl. So anyway, the, but the thing is, I had this following for that year. And at the end of the year, I went back to the Continental Club and Alan's on stage, Alan Hill. And he looks at me and he says, Jose, you've done this for 365 days, you know, and you've danced with a different girl, a different person every day. And you've found different bands and venues and you mix them up, you know, mix and match them. You can't, can't necessarily get every different band or different venue every night, but you mix and match them. And I, what do you got to do next? I said, and just, he said that from stage on on the mic, you know, yeah. before midnight. And I'm, I felt like I was on the spot. And my ex-girlfriend was you over were. there, by the way, in the corner. So that yeah. girl I dated was not my ex-girlfriend. She was there with her fiance. Uh, right. And uh, <laughs> I know it's it's like a movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I look at him and there's a there's a moment, there's a pause. Everybody's looking at me. And it's like, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know this was coming. I'm just going to keep going. My, my, my response was, I'm just going to keep going. So... Uh, the thing is, I've kept going for over 2,000 days now. I don't, 
necessarily dance every night like that first night. I'm out there with the live music is and other people are dancing and I may get to dance, but I'm documenting it and I'm bringing light to what you guys do every day, every night. And hopefully uh, I, you know, I'm also going to, with this film, I'm going to try to tell a story of what's behind the scenes, what you guys go through just to make a living at this, you know, that you guys got real lives. People have a, 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 I think there are all these myths about musicians, local musicians, a, a big lo- a thing I, I, I found, and people just kind of say in the back, you know, you kind of hear them whispers like, they're not as good as those guys that play in the symphony. They're not as good as those guys that we pay 250 bucks, you know, for the play on stage at the House of Blues or, or uh, NRG Stadium or something like that. They think that if you're in a, in a restaurant or a bar, you don't have the same uh, pedigree. Or 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 the 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 uh, the training, the you chops. know, yeah, exactly. uh, or the chops, yeah. or and that the music somehow requires like a degree or something. And some people do have degrees, but there's there's so many ways to approach this art form. Yeah, and I want that's part of the story I want to tell with this. And so that's how I got there. I got there because I wanted to prove a point. Yeah, I wanted to tell people how beautiful, how great Houston is, how beautiful the people of Houston are. I'll go to like a told this story many times, like uh, John Egan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. at, at the Big Easy on a Monday night, you know, you could hear a pin drop sometimes, yeah. you know, but he is still playing his heart out. Yeah. yeah. Now, now on that point too, right. So put yourself in, uh, in the shoes of a tourist or, a, you know, you know, a, a blow in, you know, somebody just walking into that club on the Monday night and expecting a jukebox or a, and you get somebody like John Egan or a Vega or a, I, I know Luther's gone, but when you saw Luther and the Healers at the Big Easy or somewhere else, you just you wonder what are the what are the what are the big bands being paid for if this guy is doing this 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 band is doing this on a Wednesday night throwing down another local just you know you talk about Allen Hill just bucket energy just. Uh, wonderful stuff, but also the mighty orc. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the the list is endless. I'm just talking about you know you said Big Easy and Shakespeare's and all those you know kind of hole in the wall clubs. But you go in and you see that music and you ask yourself, what are they doing in other people? You know, yes, Chicago has their scene and New York has their, but I'm telling you, Houston has these players that your jaw drops. I'm floored when I see these guys when I hear their you know, their, their latest records or their, um, you know, just, you know, the Jesse Dayton's, you know, the, the, these people that pour their hearts out, doesn't matter if they're playing at the, at the, you know, the, you know, like you say, the Toyota center or the, these Houston musicians are on par with everything else that you're going to find in a, you know, in any, in any music scene, there's, there's, a, yeah. you know, I, I put them up against anybody. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I, that, that, that was my thing. That's why I was thrilled to hear you say that you're shining a light on this because these players and we get into you know your yeah you know what you've heard and your local musicians that kind of stuff but when you see hear feel that i'm really glad you said that about the dj as well because there is no there is no the, the, you cannot put a live band up against a dj and i'm scratching and doing your whatever you you just cannot there's you know the i, I think the reason why you prefer dancing to a band is because there's that you know, the, the, obviously they're going to do their own take on the song and whatnot, but you've got to be ready for what they're going to throw at you. And Whatever you're not going to, you're not going to get that in a, you know, in a pre-recorded record or in a, 
in a dance hall with a, a DJ. And yeah, and this damn. is not a negative on DJ. I mean, there's great DJs in town. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, some of them are friends of mine, like DJ Sun, for example. CJ, and uh, and um, a melodic that uh, uh, works with him. Um, and uh, I, I think what it, more than anything, for me, it is what you just said. You're right on it, Patrick. There's there's a conversation that happens on the dance floor when I'm dancing and the lady I'm dancing with, that's a conversation, but there's a, a, a third piece of that. It's the band. And I, if I'm listening carefully, and that's what I learned to do with Luther and the healers and so on and so forth, is that I learned to listen to what the band was doing. And that actually uh, informed what I'm going to do next on that dance floor. I'm not like, okay, I'm going I'm, I'm to make the spin. I'm going to make that turn. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm not thinking ahead like that. I'm thinking like, I'm waiting to get some inspiration from the band. And if it's Blaggards or if it's, you know, Alan Hill or if it's uh, Paul Beebe, you know, uh, Beatle band or uh, any of the other incarnations of disco band, that there's something exciting. And I can see that in the eyes of the musicians too. And actually some of them have played some, some jokes on me where like, because I'll, I'll like, you know, maybe, I, I don't, I'm not sure about the terminology. I'm terrible on music terminology. But, you know, when you're doing like a, like a run on your guitar or like, I don't know if it's a riff or what it's called exactly. But then maybe I'll, I'll move with that. I'm kind of, yeah. I'm reacting to it. I'm taking my, my dance partner with me. And so as long as that, I've had some, some musician friends like keep doing that to see how long they can keep me doing the yeah. same <laughs> thing. Because they know I'm, I'm following that. But there's something to do that. There's something... It's a whole nother level of experiencing the music, experiencing dancing for me to be able to to make that connection. And it's so it's it's like the whole room and the people watching. I, I was dancing last Friday and, you know, people come up to me sometimes, you know, and they'll say, like, I was watching you. You know, it's like you don't know you're being watched and you're doing this and you're doing that. And guys will come up to you saying, say, hey, oh, can you teach me a dance? It's, yeah, I, I can. I, but but I, let me tell you. Listen to the music. Listen yeah. to what the guys are doing. They're going to tell you where to go. Start to feel it. Feeling, and, and you can't feel that DJ music the same way that you can feel live music. It, it like internalizes. It, I mean, it, it, it's osmosis, whatever you want to call it in your body. So that, that, that more than anything, but it's hard to convince people if they've never actually experienced that. If all they know, for dancers, you know, if all they know, or, or these people that still go to, you know, these bars where they, you know, they go dancing and their idea, again, nothing against the places like numbers or stuff, but those are places are a lot of fun. But if that's what they do on, on a regular basis and want to hear a song played the same way, there's 80s, people go to numbers for 80s music, right? Or um, uh, uh, Barbarella, right? They go like Saturday Night for, for 80s, but there's local bands playing 80s music, right? Yeah. Live. Yeah. So they can do that too, you know, but they're, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, um, I hope when this film comes out, it's going to be a film. It's it's a, a feature length film, about a hundred minutes or so, maybe about hundred minutes, because I have a lot of material. It's wonderful. Cool. Um, hopefully, people will become not just in Houston, but all over. They'll say, "Hey, you know what? It, what's going on in that pub down the street? Is there some Irish rock band playing in you know Duluth, Minnesota, or whatever? Is it is that Minnesota, Duluth? I don't know, but sounds you right. know Ames, <laughs> Iowa, or something. You know what yeah. I mean? So. For me, it's it's like um, I want to share what I've discovered. It, I've learned so much about music. I mean, uh, uh, about live music and and just and you know what? Most of the time, I am like a, a fly on the wall. I don't. You guys, you take your break. I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to 
chit chat with you guys because you guys take a break and, and then you got to go back on stage. You guys are working, you know? And, and so I, I don't, I've gotten to know people over time. You know, I've had a few conversations and it adds up to another conversation. Maybe we have dinner, we have lunch. May I come over to their homes, whatever. And then, then, then we're at that level. Mm-hmm. Then most people, I'm just, I'm, I'm just that fly on the wall, you know? And so for me, um, uh, it, I like that. I, be, I like being the observer. If I'm not dancing, I like being the observer and seeing what you guys do. But anyway, I want to share what I've learned. I've learned so much in, 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 you know, in this real practical way that, that, um, that I want to share and, and get out there. And hopefully that will motivate people when they see this, you know, a, f- a few months from now when it, it's supposed to, it's going to premiere. It will premiere in December. Uh, you know, I've, I've got at least one venue, a yeah. local venue that I don't want to say I'm on, on, I don't want to put them on the spot right yeah. now, but the owners told me I could, I could, but they have a big, you know, big following a big place, local, local, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a bar. It's a bar where they have live music and they have a big projector or whatever, but I, I'll, next time maybe I, I come back, I'll yeah. have that confirmed. Cool. And then I'm looking for some other venues where, you know, I can get a lot of people there because I'm going to invite all the musicians that Excellent. are a part of this and, um, and have as, you got a working title for the film or it's you? called the, 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 so the title of my, of my Facebook page, I didn't say that earlier. It's called yeah. dance that's to live, live music, music. Yeah. dance to live music. And that's the name of the film dance to live music. And the subtitle, the working subtitle right now, and I'll, I'm going to put it out there cause I, I, I like it is, um, a love letter to Houston. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Cut print. Let's go. <laughs> I like so it. December this year premieres in Houston somewhere. Uh, I'm going to have three um, per my grant. I do. So this is funded in part by the uh, uh, city of Houston through the Houston Arts Alliance. The uh, okay. mayor's office uh, of uh, cultural affairs uh, is uh, f- uh, partly funding uh, this production. Wow. Um, and it's going to make it, it's going to make it happen. And I'm very happy and thankful that, that I have this grant to, to make it happen, but it will premiere probably at least three venues, at least three times in December of this year. Uh, and then after that, I want to take it around. I want to take it to festivals. I want to get it online, you know. Uh, all the participants are going to get a copy. You all get a copy, you know. And it's about dancers, too. There's dancers in this. Uh, it's really mostly musicians, but there's some dancers. Dancers are included in it. Um, they're, some of their lives. And uh, But uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's really, I hope to capture a piece of Houston with this. Um, and, and so that, that people outside of Houston and people within Houston that live in Houston don't, don't know, they don't, you know, they live in West U, but they don't cross the street to Kirby over Kirby drive to walk into the big easy, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, they know it's there. Hopefully this will demystify all that about Houston and these bars are, you know, they're, they're safe, you know, that mm-hmm. there's adults in these places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> I think a lot of these places got a bad reputation, you know, and, you know, you, you can't, you can't police everything, but the, the idea is that, you know, the, the bar owners, you know, they're, they're knowledgeable and, and they're, uh, they're oh, yeah. aware that they want people to keep coming back, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, and I'm not talking about anything specific. I'm just saying general, I think people get mi- misconceptions. Women get misconceptions. I want to get that across at these places. So the venues are also featured in a way. So, awesome. uh, the big easy. Yeah. Market well, can, bar. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, and you can tell too with the, with these clubs when you say Big Easy and Continental. There, I have a, a deep connection to the Continental Club is because I, I helped open it, the one here. Oh, and wonderful! I've, I, yeah, I, I, I mentioned that. that all the time. That's so that is, yeah, that's so yeah, cool, well, man. So do you know Pete and all those guys? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a funny story was uh, I was hired by David Beebe, Paul Beebe, my neighbor, his his, 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 older, his, brother. his older, older older brother. 
he hired me to work at the Continental. I was happily working at another place. I forget where it was, Le Bear or something. And uh, no. Were you dancing? And, uh, okay, so no, you, you, no. were you on stage dancing? No, I was cooking, I was cooking Club, in the back, was... but I was dancing in the, in the kitchen. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, so David called Beer me up Chester. and he said, hey, we're, we're opening, a, we're opening a, a, a live music venue. And I said, I like it. Whatever it is, I like it. You know, because he was in the El Orbitz at the time and they were, you know, just, so he called me up and he said, let's go talk. And he told me about the club and Continental Club coming in from Austin and on Open to Houston. I just loved the idea. Just live music, Midtown, Houston, can't get better than that. So just said yes immediately. And uh, so I, so the first day, the opening day, I go in there, Pete, sleeves rolled up, just throwing stuff. I mean, just the place is, it's ready to go, but it's opening day. There's, you know, there's not a, not a, not a moment to spare. So he's just working. And I went in, I said, Hey, I'm Patrick. I'm in. And he's, who are you? <laughs> I said, here to, uh, bartend. He said, who hired you? Said, David Beebe. <laughs> yeah. So David Beebe had hired me, but forgot to tell Pete. <laughs> so I, he's standing, he's just go, just go behind the, behind the bar and we'll figure it out. And uh, he had way too much stuff to be worrying about. So, and it turned out well anyway, because I think two of the bartenders were fired that night and the waitress, you know, so opening night, you kind of find out who's, who's, uh, I, you know, I was a pretty, pretty decent bartender in my day. And uh, so that was the beginning of the relationship. And, and, and Pete and I are, I mean, he's one of my closest friends, just absolutely one of the greatest, uh, not just a, not just a, a Houston fan, but he's a, he's a, just a music. Uh, if you don't know Pete Gordon, Dazzling Pete Gray, Howard, AKA, he, um, he is uh, just one of the best pianists you're ever going to come across in, yeah. your, in your entire cool. life. There's a great picture of him with uh, Chuck Berry looking at his hands, watching what he's doing, just in all. He's, he's played with all the greats. And um, he also, his neighbor growing up was Nils Lofgren. I mean, you know, that's, wow. th that's where Pete, like, yeah, so I, okay, I take it back. I don't like Pete. <laughs> I'm jealous. But yeah, just, yeah. So, so that was, so the Continental Club is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Just wonderful, wonderful people. And they just, I, that's what I started to say, was places like, the Continental Club and Big Easy and stuff like that. They, they care about music. They, 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 can, they can fill up a date. They can put bands in there. You can just tick the box and put uh, anybody. They don't do that. They put bands in there that they absolutely, you know. Mm -hmm. Good music. Good no, music, it's you day know. in, day out, yeah. seven days a week, you know, Big yeah. Easy. Yeah. And Continental, they, they've got great music. And, All the time. Um, and, and, and from out of town too. So they, they mix it up. Yeah. It's, Local mostly, but you know, a lot of out of town uh, acts and, and, and people are like paying high dollar to go down to, you know, House of Blues and with all due respect to them, you know, yeah. I mean, this is not, I'm not talking them down, but, but you know, uh, there's uh, affordable options other than that. And yeah, I, I, so my theory is that there's enough, um, there's enough people in this town on a Monday night. They got nothing better to do and, and want to get out, you know, for a couple of hours or an hour, or yeah. whatever it is. And they're within, Walking or driving or Ubering or lifting distance from uh, the Big Easy yeah. or the Continental Club on a Monday or a Tuesday or Wednesday to get, to fill it up yeah. with a hundred people. You know, that's all. I, I'm asking for a hundred people there, a hundred people at you know uh, Emmett's, great place, yeah. or hundred yeah. people at Shakespeare Pub. You know, mm -hmm. um, Mucky Duck, all these places. Now, people, some places have a great reputation. They have a great history like a Mucky Duck or the Continental Club now in Houston, turning the Big Easy. 
But, um, but you know, the, I, I see them all. I've, I've been at the, at the Canoe Club on a day when there's a great band from Austin and there's a few people there, you know, uh, because there's probably a lot of competing stuff. There's so many things to do in Houston. That's nobody's fault. But I know that there's enough people that could have made it there that knew about it, that they would have known about it, that, that if they knew about it, would be there would that night. There. You know, that's and, what, and, that's and, what we struggle with every single And, show, and, you know. and so yeah. Pete and, and Thomas McLennan over there at... Yeah. Um, the Big Easy, uh, or or Susan uh, at uh, at Emmett's. Uh, these people are a struggle with that every day. How do you how do you get how do you get people come out? How do people get? I, I again, I hope that this film, in a little bit of a way, because you know, you know, that's how people are. You know, it's like they need it. They, I think this film will knock them on the side of the head a little bit. Yeah, you know, they'll see it. It'll be available, and it's oh look, it's the Big Easy, and it's you know, I can get there in ten minutes. You yeah. know. Uh, or or the Connell Club or whatever, and and there's so much. If you have a family, you can take your family to um, Market Bar for brunch on a Sunday, you know, or an evening like a, a Thursday night where they have jazz or 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 swing music or you know fun stuff for singer songwriters, you know. That those people, those places are appropriate to take the whole family. Is what I'm saying. And it, you, you don't have to like leave the kids at home. Um, and uh, there are options. Uh, and, and, and I know people, it's like, I got kids and, and I, and I got to get a babysitter. But, you know, uh, you can get your music. You can support live music um, and still bring your kids. Yeah. And I want to tell people about that, too. So to, to back to your point, there's there there these places. I've seen places uh, open and close, you know, or or have been open for a long time and then closed for different reasons. Like Blancos, I was there at the, and the Blancos, I didn't really know Blancos. I knew about Blancos. Yeah. I didn't know Blancos until the last few weeks of Blancos, yeah. you know, That's going in shame. there, you know. Just, and, yeah, for people that don't know too, Blancos was a legendary country and western bar like hole in the wall honky tonk bar honky yeah. tonk yeah that's absolutely legendary and we we, we had that we only got to play there one time yeah. but it was an absolute an institution i mean absolute you institution. know institution people just do do people didn't get it they didn't get it, and then it was gone no wait a minute we would have we would have liked to have gone you know and you don't you don't understand until because I, I i i was guilty too i i didn't well you know not being a drinker it's not it's not one of my first you know, <laughs> you know, ideas to go to a bar. But so when we played there, it got to, you know, you got to see what they're talking about. And then you can understand why so many just wonderful players had, had been through there and why it was such a great, a great draw and, and really just a wonderful location. I think it's an apartment now or something. Yeah. Well, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think, you know, I think the, the property was owned by uh St. John's school, I think. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they, I think they had other plans for it. So, I mean, yeah. and so there are different reasons. I mean, it, it didn't necessarily close. I don't know. I mean, it, I know they needed the property, but I mean, you see places like Fitzgerald's that just closed. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a wonderful history, mm-hmm. um, but I can also see like, you know, fatigue for an owner, right? If you own a place for 40 or 50 years, like the like Fitzgerald situation. Yeah. 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 And, and you, and you know, every week you're being your head to, you know, to, to, to pay the band, you know, and, and to get people in there so you can pay the band and, mm-hmm. and to schedule and all the other things you have to deal with. Is, I don't even know. There's a million other things that Pete has to deal with and other these people, Thomas McLennan or whatever it is, mm-hmm. have to deal with every day to own these places that I don't know, that we don't know as, as, 
as guests at these at these venues. Yeah. That uh, so I don't when they close down. I don't. But other places just close down. I, I know they they say well, you know we're not getting enough people here. You know we're we opened in the wrong location. And I you know I it's I think that there that there's there's an audience. There's an audience everywhere. Uh, these neighborhood these are neighborhood clubs. When you think about places, Connell Club is a neighborhood. Emmett's is a neighborhood. You know, uh, Big Easy is in the neighborhood. They're all. They're they're within walking distance residential communities that people could could enjoy, and now and and that and that I, it's funny when you talk about drinking. When I started doing this project, like the first sixty days, I thought I was like having a drink every day. <laughs> it's like you know I was in a bar every day, and I was I was I, I was still negotiating how I was gonna how I was gonna. Okay, I'm in a place I want to support them, but now I'm doing it every single day, <laughs> and so I'm buying drinks, and I realized I was like at a, a place that closed. And then reopened, uh, I can't think of it right, Capone's, Capone's. Oh, oh. It was on Westheimer, Capone's. Yeah. I'm there for, maybe it was Luther probably. Yeah. And, um, and I'm having, I'm looking into my drink and I'm not dancing. And it's day 60 and I said, I've had a drink every day. I got to stop this. I got Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not much of a drinker either. Or, you know, I know you're non-drinker and I'm not much of a drinker. And so I said, well, I'm going to buy something else or I'm going to tip the band or if it's cover. I'm, of course, I always pay cover, but... Most places in Houston don't have cover. And so that's another challenge for venue owners. But people, again, if your cup of tea is not a bar or you're not going to drink, they've got other things you can drink. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can come earlier. You can come later. A lot of things in Houston, especially during the week, start at 6 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock. You know, the restaurants, you know, a Sambuca is a restaurant. Market Bar again on Thursday night. Tonight there's going to be a, a music tonight, you know. Cool. Um, there's uh, uh, lots of places with food where where you can bring maybe your older kids, maybe the younger kids might not want to hang out in an evening like that. But they're restaurants, and so they're they're uh, they're experiences. There's multiple options of experiences. Yeah, that it's you can't necessarily make an excuse. It's just like a bar, you yeah. know. If you're looking for that, you got that too. But so, and that's again, that's all these things that I want to share in this film at some level that, that people can, can, can see that, that there's options and there's a, there's variety of experiences and, um, and that, that, that again, we need to get out there and support you guys because, you know, if, if we don't support these venues, uh, uh, just a new venue just went to a call, I think piggies or something like that. Which piggies, one? piggies or pi- piggies. It's on, um, dun- off of Dunleavy. Uh, it's, yes. It seems, yes. It, that's it, a restaurant. I don't know if it used to be something else over there, it, like near Tila's or, you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what I but, just ate there. But I don't Jump think they've been open one. very long. And I actually recognize some of the people running it in there. It's like I knew them from like other places, Mongoose versus Yeah, Dunn Levy in West Dallas. Yeah, oh. it's in West Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you guys should get a gig there. I don't you know, cause they, uh, I saw, uh, I saw um, Snit's Dog and Pony show over there. You know, okay, Snit's yeah. Fitzpatrick yeah. and uh, Sparky Parker on guitar. And uh, so the uh, point is, it's like a new place. Yeah. And I'm always like wondering, you know, great. You know, this place just opened. They got live music, yeah. you know, but, you know, if uh, if the music doesn't pay for itself, you know, the venue may just say, you know, we're, we're a restaurant, we're a bar, you know, we're going to keep doing that. We don't yeah. need, we don't need the band, you know, it's an extra additional cost. Yeah. But, um, but like I said, every, that's a residential neighborhood. There's no reason for it not to have a hundred people yeah. in there. Every well, another night. Thing, another thing is kind of off the subject a little bit, but the, the other thing that Houston has that not a lot of cities have is we play outside more times than we play inside. So Houston has more patios and more outdoor venues 
than anywhere I've ever seen. Because we just got back from a two-week tour. We went out to Vegas and San Diego and Arizona and all. I mean, just, and it was, it dawned on me when we got back that actually it dawned on me out there because I was telling people, I said, most of our shows are out because they, 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 I have fans on the stage and they, well, why do you have fans on the stage? I said, well, because I can sweat underwater. And when you add a rock show and, you know, jumping around, there's, you know, the fan at least, you know, keeps the air moving, you know. You need that in Houston. I, I, you know, I'd collapse, you know, with with uh, four hours in the heat, in the Houston heat with the, you know. So it dawned on me when I was out there, they're just not used to having bands that are, Outdoor, you know, we, we, we're, we're as comfortable indoors, outdoors, thanks to Houston. You know, so Houston has more outdoor venues, more places to play in a, in a setting like that. So when you go to, when you play in New York and you play in a club in New York or you play in a club in San Diego or, you know, there are these tiny little places, yeah, you know, and you get, you get 100 people in there, that's it. Mm-hmm. Lights out. I mean, nobody else, you can't fit anything else in. So you can't bring your full PA and your, all your gear because it's not going to fit there on the little, you know, the little bar mat that they give you to set up on. Yeah. So that was another huge obstacle to overcome, you know, because you have to, when you're, when you're in a band, a, tour, a touring band, you have to be the engineer. You have to make sure that you got enough power going to the stage. You got enough, you got to set up in a different configuration every single night because you don't have the room to set up properly. So it's a, you know, it's a big deal to, to go out to these uh, foreign lands as you would you know i mean because they really are it's like landing on the moon and just having to having to set up every single time there's no you know there's there's never a set set way to do it so yeah but like as you said in a recent show too we we do it doesn't take us long you know we to figure out we look at the space we have okay (laughs) this goes over here we'll put you here you know and we we can configure it pretty quickly most of the time yeah it's definitely an an acquired skill that takes Took us took us time to develop. Well, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about. It. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was in Austin for a couple of days for uh, some training for work, and uh, just back in early June, first week of June, and and I was thinking about uh, all the places I was in. Like uh, there was a jazz club there. I can't think of it right now. Elephant Room, right? Yes. Uh, and and you go down, you know, and uh, and it's really long and narrow, and they've they've got on that little stage. They, there was like a. a it was on a Wednesday night, and they've got a. Uh, it's like a big band. They put a big band on a little stage, and they they looked uncomfortable. It's a long space, but uh, it was really loud in there because it's probably stone walls all around. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Down in a basement in Austin, I'm assuming, but it was just really too loud, and there's no place to dance. Um, and it, it reminded me of a New York kind of yeah. place, you know, venue. And um, we do have that. That's that's a great thing to point out to people that we have that kind of a different experience. You can sit outside and enjoy it. some of these places like Conwood and another place I like a lot. Yeah, um, you can bring your dogs, you know, and, and outside. So bring your kids, bring your dog. I mean, you know, no excuse, right? Yeah. Um, food, drinks. So great music. But yeah, that's a different experience that we can offer in Houston that people from other parts of, of the country, maybe they're new to Houston or tourists. Uh, I mean, uh, hopefully tourists will see this video to this film. Yeah. And, yeah. and we'll say, hey, when I'm in Houston, I'm going to get me some music. They yeah. have to. You know? they, they have to. I mean, and people don't understand our food 
is as good as anywhere oh, in the country. Yes, we have Our food. There's food. We yeah. always get ranked high. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're just, and we're voted the most diverse city, you know, in, in the country. So, I mean, there's just, you know, we're, that's why we're pushing this. We're not pushing this. I just love to, to compliment Houston on their just vast tastes and their just, it, it's just a fathomless pit of talent. And my next door neighbor, uh, a guy named Morris Moon, he's a banjo player, a guitar player. Yeah, Morris really he, yeah, well. he plays with, yeah, he with, plays uh, with, with Thomas like Elton. Viteri. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- and Thomas just, but they play in yeah. Boomtown Brass together. Right. Viteri. Yes. Boomtown Brass. Yeah. Thomas and Elton. That's right. Cause yeah. that's when you said elephant room, you, you talk about a band that's, you know, sometimes, you know, a large number of musicians playing in a small, they play at market bar and they play at. That's right. Um, Boomtown. Yeah. I'm going to try to, get them something at Molly's downtown because I think that there's that Molly's has a beautiful upstairs. Right. Molly, Molly's yeah. Bar, 509 Main. Yeah, I've been uh, there. One of the oldest buildings in, in downtown. Yeah. Right? They have an upstairs that they don't use during the week and I've been, I've been talking to Morris about trying to put something together up yeah, there because I would love to see that band up there on an off night, you know, a Tuesday or a, you know, Monday or Tuesday went something like an off night but have them because I first met Michael Michael Viteri at um, uh, Beverly Pub. He came out to this open mic. That's where Chad and I met. Yeah, many, 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 many years ago. Um, and, and what, 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 where was it? It's a place called the Beverly Pub. It's closed now. It's a uh, pile of rubble, I believe. HSC uh, bought the land. Pub. Same thing. Yeah, and um, <laughs> we. Uh, so this guy came in, and I was introduced to him, and Mike Viteri, and he was playing this guitar. This just bad, big sound, just beautiful acoustic guitar and I couldn't take my, and the fact that he could play his ass off. I mean, this guy was just yeah. a jazz player. Like I'd never seen, I'd seen them before, you know, I'd seen wonderful players before, not that close and not that modest and not that just endless talent. So he's playing. We got to talking when well, he said, yeah, I couldn't, you know, couldn't find the guitar I wanted. So I built it. He built it. That's and right. I was like, Terry guitars. Of, yeah. So, yeah. He just, so, yeah, I don't like him either. He, <laughs> no, he just, uh, just phenomenal player. Yeah, incredible talent. And then to hear that guitar, that guitar just, yeah. just covered the room. Just, just imagine a big wet blanket being thrown across the room that would just, you know, just, it just covered the room and just, you couldn't escape it. Just a great sound. And he built that. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been to his workshop. Yeah. yeah. His, his place. Yeah. I, I, I hope to get a little bit of him in the film too. So yeah, cool. that, that whole, yeah. Bill uh, making those things. And, uh, and he used to play with, with uh, Greg Harbar, right? Yes. That, yeah. uh, he, he yeah. played with us too. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Late, 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 great, great. late, great. Yeah. He yeah. was a, a accordion player. And I, I uh, actually was going to, uh, Greg and I were going to do a project years and years and years ago. I went over to his house and uh, he uh, kind of, <laughs> with a, one sw- one fatal sweep, you know, he just just pushed all this stuff. I goes, "You want espresso?" I go, "Yeah, espresso, of course." So we drank espresso and we just listened to music. We didn't talk. We didn't do. We didn't touch anything uh, about. This was my only time over at his house. But his 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 uh, his house was uh, about the same age as this house, but it was floor to ceiling cassette tapes, CDs, Ooh. books, floor to ceiling, every room. Mm-hmm. That guy was an absolute, wow. and, and, and pa- Packrat keeps stuff to store. He, I think, listened to everything that was in there. Sure. Yeah. It was a library. It was a, it was a museum. It was a, uh, so we listened to music and we drank espresso and we just spoke. Yeah, it was just wonderful, Ooh. wonderful, wonderful time. And, you know, I treasure it now that he's gone, but he, uh, he, he and I were going to do a project 
many, many, many moons ago. Yeah. Wonderful, exactly. wonderful talent. He came, he played at my dad's house one time. Um, this was after my dad died, but um, there was, we we're having a party, some dance party actually at my dad's house up, up near Rice University. And somebody had, had arranged for Greg to show up. And I think he had just played at Brazil. He had a regular thing going on at Brazil over there at Westheimer and Dunleavy. Yeah. And uh, he came over with one of his bandmates. I think it was his fiddle player at the time. And they played a few songs. And you could tell he was just, he was exhausted from playing this show. <laughs> that they played a few songs and they, and they took was a it break, Vladimir? But, was it Vladimir the violinist? I don't remember, unfortunately. And I didn't, this is, before, Greg didn't know, who, I didn't, he didn't know who I was. This is, this is back 06. Yeah. Or something like we, you know, we hadn't met before. But uh, I, I just think about that sometimes. I was like, that's cool, man. He was <laughs> I got to see him play in my dad's living room, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. But Greg's one of those guys that, that everybody knows him. Um, I know I've heard Jason Nodler, my old friend, Jason Nodler, you know, Jason from a uh, catastrophic theater. Oh, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. From, yeah, from PVA. I, yeah. I think, he's, I yeah, think he's a sweet guy. Yeah, he and Greg guy. used to work together too. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Um, I think they've collaborated you know, on collaborated some, on, on, on some on stuff. stuff at, yeah. At, I just uh, know. I remember hearing Jason. Bridegroom or, uh, probably. Yeah. I just know I've heard Jason singing, Craig's praises before, so well, yeah, just Jason's, every it's just yeah he's just one of those guys you wonderful guy, you yeah. can't you know, you always you're, you're going to hear about him a lot talking to another him. another person that makes Houston great uh, I love theater too again because PVA PVA like nurtured me for all the yeah. all the performing arts yeah. you know beyond the visual arts yeah yeah that's a high school for the you just for, yeah right high, yeah. high school for performing in visual arts yeah jason Nodler was in the theater department there he's he's uh and a, a lot of people who work with him at, at catastrophic and infernal bridegroom before that were also pva grads yeah and and i i told him i said you know um i, I told him and i think i wrote it somewhere i don't know i i that i i i truly believe that that he's given through Infernal Bridegroom Productions and then Cast Off Theater, just a wonderful gift to Houston in terms of oh, theater. Yeah. You yeah. know, to to uh, form those two institutions and produce those plays that aren't you're not going to see at the Alley Theater, yeah. or really anywhere else in Houston. Yeah, you know, a lot of the the, the subject matter is tough and mm-hmm. uh, challenging, yeah. and uh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's life, you know. Yeah. And I, I I love going over there and. And I, I can't sing the the praises for for, uh, for Jason or Tamri Cooper or yeah. uh, any, anybody else uh, more than than that. Yeah. Uh, they're just amazing people. So it's like yeah. just like you guys, what you guys offer, you know, and what you guys do. And um, but um, and that's a whole other story, a whole other story about Houston, mm-hmm. the theater scene, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah, and and I'm glad glad that Michael Viteri and Morris Moon and you know came up to the jazz because I don't have a I don't have a jazz uh, background at all. And my introduction to blues was here in Houston. My introduction to, I mean, and I'm talking roots blues, not, you know, my, I grew up with Gary Moore and Rory Gallagher. I, I've, I, I've got, mm. I got the other side, but, um, but yeah, for this town, for the diversity in this town, again, to just go across, to be able to cross the street and find jazz like that. And then I'm taking my kids actually this weekend to uh, to New Orleans. My death metal son and uh, uh, my, my my daughter, who's death metal but still likes <laughs> likes a lot more eclectic sounding stuff. They're crazy about jazz. Yeah, just I mean, crazy about. It. So they're they're we're going to. Uh, so I'm going to get a little education. Too, That's cool because they're they they it's their trip and they they're. they're 
they're looking up where we're going, who yeah. we're going to see, and what we're going to do. So awesome! I'm going to get a little culture myself. Cool. Oh, wonderful. You, and you guys take like, did you do that big trip right? The, do, you, uh, do you go Ireland, the yeah. laggards? That yeah. that that yeah. like a yearly thing. Every, every year, like yeah, a, we're going this October, and uh, we're we're going to uh, yeah, we do that every year. We're going to uh, Ireland this year. We're doing we're going to back up the Midwest uh, next month. It's I can't believe it's already the end of June. Yeah, just okay. years so, flying yeah. by. So we're going up the uh, we're going up the the Midwest again in July, and then. Uh, we just booked a couple of shows in May of next year, so we're we're the calendar's full uh, for this year. We're already we're already January's already got you know big big bullet holes in it, and February's <laughs> so we're we're you know pl- plenty to do. We're plenty busy. Yeah, we've discovered house concerts a couple of years back, and just been absolutely tremendous because we're. You know, we've been doing this. We, our sound has now all become gone direct, losing our big amplifiers and being able to set up in a living room or on a back patio or in a garden or by a pool or so. It's just, it's the way to go because now you have the the luxury of playing these massive rooms with your big PA or cutting it in half yeah. and going down and doing a house. So, so we re- we discovered that house concerts are as fun maybe even more fun than a club gig because we have the, the, you know, the, these people know, know what they, they may not know the band, but they know where they're getting. They're coming in for a couple of sets. You know, it, it's cozy. It's, you know, you nine out of 10 times, you know, just about everybody there. They're your neighbors. And they're, and uh, we just had a ball. Our friend, John, Sienna, Nania, they put us up in their house. And this is in Omaha, Nebraska. In, yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. And we just had a ball. Did the first set acoustic, and uh, kind of lied to them and said, "Yeah, this is what we do." And then we took a break, and then we came back electric. And and it, and and I think John was the most relieved of all. <laughs> John Nania was an incredible bass player. Yeah, uh, really. he uh, he was just he was floored because we're able to we're able to do that. Big, he's seen us in the big rooms. He's seen us in the big clubs, and the then being able to do it in the basement, you know, with fifty people sitting in in deck chairs and mm-hmm. whatnot. It's just just phenomenal. Uh, so we, yeah, we're doing that again. Yeah, thirty minutes, uh, <laughs> thirty minutes explanation of that. But yeah, that was and, incredible. And the whole thing with going direct, just very briefly, it's it's amazing to me that we're able to to pull that off now because I it was something that we both were extremely skeptical about in the old days because most musicians like I don't want to go to go direct because they you know you want to use your amp you want that's that's where your tone is you know that's where you, musicians spend a lot of time tweaking their amps and, you know, replacing, you know, getting their speakers replaced and everything. And their whole, their tone lives in their amp. But technology has gone to the point now where you really can get a good sound out of, out of good PA gear. And we were fortunate enough that we've, you know, we've made enough money here and there off of uh, digital sales and stuff that we were able to get some really good PA equipment a couple of years ago. So before that, it wouldn't have been possible. <laughs> so but it, it is, it has, like, for example, we were in San Diego recently. We we're talking about these pubs that have the really, really small stage areas. Uh, th- this was a, a pub called The Field. We talked about it on a recent show, which is owned by uh, Patrick's cousin, uh, Daniel Drain. Uh, and they really, the funny thing about that place is there really isn't a stage. <laughs> but they built one at the end of the bar. And it's just like a modular thing that they have these pieces that locks together like, like uh, these huge uh, Legos or something. And it's almost like a magic trick. It's like, there's no stage. There's nowhere anybody can play. And they're like, oh, 
they yeah. <laughs> just, you know, three people run out, put the, put the pieces in place and then there, there's a stage. But it was amazing because we, the first time we went there, we, we just visited their pub the first time we toured through California, which was eight years ago. And they were like, why don't you play here? And we're like, well, like well, next time. And we went to the pub and looked, we can't fit here. And we, there's no way we could have with the gear we had back then, because we had Patrick and I both had these huge amps behind us, uh, not alone, you know, not to mention the drum kit and our fiddle player at the time was using an amp as well. You're but, already off the stage. You're already standing in there. So yeah, yeah, even now, so we were able to get up there now and actually play, play a really comfortable show, but it was still tight. But it, having said that, it was not the smallest stage that we've squeezed onto, yeah. all things considered. But um, anyway. You, you two bring up, excuse me, you bring up two great points I think local uh, local people don't know about, that, that, that maybe don't think about, that, that, you, that bands, local bands, tour. Yes. You know, I've, uh, 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 Hogan and Moss, I've, I met them recently and, and they go like, like the entire summer, like four or five months or something like that. They left, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago and they're, they're not coming back to like September, or October, something like that, you know? So they go, they go, uh, I think they go out West or something, but they've got, they do it. It's sort of a yearly thing. They got a Houston, you know, doing the hot times, uh, hot times. And, uh, but, uh, they're, um, and I know they're, they're sort of based in Houston, but they're, you know, they, they, I mean, they're kind of, because they tour, they're, I know Houston's their home base, but I don't think they keep everything in Houston. I think they have it in different places, you know, but they're, I mean, they're, they're Houston band. I mean, they're, 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 and they're wonderful. Um, uh, Hogan Moss, and I guess what would you call their kind of Americana? I think so. Uh, I, I, I believe that I got them Maria a show in, in, in Ireland. Moss, you got, you, I, I think I, I, I've hooked them up with a show in Ireland at the oh, uh, place you? that, yeah, that's, uh, I think it's gone uh, John now. John Hogan, yeah. Uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Maria Moss, yeah, I think uh, I, and John Hogan, yeah, and uh, they're, they're sweet people. She's, she's wonderful. Very, she great they people. may have done a house concert with John, really? Yeah, they do, I, they do house concerts, yes. yes. Some of the what they're doing, uh, yeah, out Utah and Wyoming, I, Idaho, maybe places like that. They're yeah. going. That's where they are. And I think some. Else, I don't know. If, some of them are definitely hot. Yeah, I think concerts. I got them a, sh- a show at Slane. At, uh, oh, at Boyles. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. But oh, you so. guys tour, you know, and uh, and you also record, right? Original music too, yeah. right? We're and, working and on it, that now. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, with Paul but, Beebe, actually. But people, yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent with Paul. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. But that's the that's the whole thing. It's like um, people think that you just do cover, you know, tunes at the pub or whatever, you know, at Molly's or whatever. But yeah. but but you guys have uh, following. I mean, people follow you to Ireland, you know, yeah. and you have fa- fans in Ireland. I'm assuming too, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's a wonderful thing, you know, and that's something, uh, you know, yeah, that well, people need to know more about that, that, that there are local Houston bands, uh, like, uh, James, uh, uh, Boogaloo, uh, Bolden, who is, um, who was the uh, band leader for BB King, you know, lives in Houston. He's a trumpet player. You I know? Didn't know that. And, you know, he's, you know, BB King's past now. And now they have the, uh, BB King review, yeah. you know, and Daryl Levine is in that band. And, uh, um, um, just met him, a bass player. You might know him. Um, my gosh, just met him the other day. Gentlemen, but I meet new people all the time. Uh, Corey Stute, you know, I, I never, I've heard about Corey Stute, but he had a birthday party at Emmett's last Monday, you know, and and it's like, well, this guy's an amazing guitar player. And I mentioned him to other guitar players, you know, in Houston. They go, oh, yeah, of course. You never heard of Corey Stute before? And I, no, he, you know, he plays with Gloria Gaynor and, you know, he tours with her and wow. people oh, okay. like that, you know, and, wow. um, 
And like again, James Bigelow Boogaloo, who he got the uh BB King gave him that name, Boogaloo. And yeah. he got a t-shirt with his name on it and trumpet, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So um, but now he's heading the band that you know BB King sort of left. So Houstonian Houston musicians, they live here, uh, are were are members of BB King's band, you know, and they'll travel wherever he's going or uh, you know, he's got his yeah, base in New York or whatever, but when he goes on tour, he would take these guys from Houston, you know. Uh, and then there's an, someone who just passed away oh, again, um, uh, Al Jarreau, you know, uh, 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 John Calderon, you know, his guitar player and wow. um, more musicians, Houston musicians that play with names that people have heard of yeah. that, that they bought their CDs and records and albums back in the day because that's what you got, Al Jarreau, or a tape, <laughs> yeah. you know, a cassette tape back in the day. Right. So. But guys who are amazing musicians that live here in Houston, that you can see at Axelrad, yeah. toured with Al Jarreau, you know, for years, or or BB King for many years. So these guys are not second rate musicians in Houston. Yeah, we're not. You know, you guys are not. You know, and crazy. You know, it's so it, it, it that's 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 a misconception that some people may have, you know, yeah. the, you guys know about each other, but, but, uh, there shouldn't, you know, people shouldn't feel like they have to, uh, they have to go somewhere else to go to a music city like yeah. uh, Nashville or Austin, you know, or yeah. New Orleans. We have a lot of New Orleans musicians. I mean, Kermit Ruffins has a, a home now in Houston too. Yeah. You know, he splits time between, you know, New Orleans. He's got, he still has his, 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 his uh, his club there and he, he he's part owner of Axelrad, you know, and so he plays in Houston when he's not touring. Kermit Ruffins is a, is a trumpet player from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. He's played at the White House uh, uh, and um, uh, and he was, uh, he came to Houston uh, uh, briefly. Uh, he came to Houston in 2005, shortly after Katrina. He was a Katrina evacuee. I don't want to call them refugees. That, that sounds yeah. a little different. Um, uh, I've heard that before, but I think Evacuee is better. So he came to Houston with some of his band, you know, and then ended up some of those guys split, some split up maybe to Dallas or whatever, but some of them stayed in Houston and I helped them get a couple of gigs. The thing is, remember I used to say, I used to dance to DJ music. I used to DJ his music at our, our swing dancing events. I was yeah. one of the DJs. That, okay, cool. You yeah. know, and I'm DJing at the, and, and I have, I loved Kermit Ruffins. I just discovered his music and there was a lot of really great music. You can Lindy Hop too. Lindy Hop is like the early swing dance music, uh, swing dancing Oops. style, yeah. swing dancing style. Yeah. So, so he's got these great numbers. Amazing. And he does like a lot of old school stuff. Like, you know, and he, he, he's got that, uh, he's got a similar style to, to um to uh louis armstrong yeah. obviously trumpet player from new orleans of course so uh, a, a wonderful entertainer kermit is but i would dj his music and one day i, I walked into a place that's at the sammy's on main street across from uh, the greyhound station this was 2005 i walk in place had opened recently and i, I was checking it out you know discovering live music back then 2005 was like early on when i was doing this and he wasn't playing there's this guy standing there i go that is that Kermit Ruffins? And I just seen his picture. You know, I've seen him on YouTube. Maybe, maybe not even on YouTube, but who knows? And then uh, uh, he got up there. He could start playing and all that. And it's like, and I got to know the owners. They go, yeah, that's Kermit Ruffins. It's like, you know, and I, oh my gosh, Kermit Ruffins, like one of my musical heroes is in Houston. And wow. it, was a, it was a terrible time. This is like September 2005. It was just, he comes straight in one of those, I don't know if he came on a great, 
I need to ask him, you know, I, I want to put him on this too. Yeah. Cause he's kind of an honorary Houstonian. I'm going to tell him. And yeah, he lived yeah. on like 15th street over here uh, for a while off of uh studio, studio wood. And, uh, but I got, I helped him get two gigs and he got like a, the first gig I helped him get was um, at the Houston swing dance society. It was, uh, it was a, it was at the old melody club where we used to dance. And uh, so normally it was DJ music. So like yeah. once or twice a year we paid for a band and uh, and we got them, and we got them really. I mean, because they needed the money. Yeah. And I remember I actually negotiated the the money with with him, and back and forth. And I go like, you know, will you take this much? And he's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, it was Halloween. It was Halloween two thousand and five, and so it's like I just and and so they were so hungry, but uh, but all these musicians from 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 there and Corey Corey um, the trombone player uh, or Corey I forget his name trombone player from New Orleans was here. All these guys like names I only knew from recordings because I didn't get to New Orleans very often. You know, I still don't, I need to get there more often. My only point is they come through, we have a history of musicians that came through here and, or came from Houston and went to New Orleans and New York or Chicago, right? And I mean, that that history goes on forever for a hundred years or whatever and more, but there's still that going on. There's still that influence back and forth, you know, uh, and people coming here and Kermit, like I said, now he's got a home in Houston too. And so it, it, you don't have to get too far from home to get great live music. And and we hosted wonderful musicians for a while. I think Kermit was probably not here more than probably a year and a half or two, you know, but he had to go back to New Orleans. That's his home. That's really where he belongs, right? And, 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 and all those musicians had to go back. But again, Music City. I want used to be known as a music city too. That's part of my goal. Yeah, that's great. I'll drink to that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's uh, a really necessary um, <laughs> thing to bring attention to because Houston doesn't have like you know Austin has Sixth Street, what uh, New Orleans has Bourbon Street, what the Memphis has what is it Beale Street, and we don't really have a district that you can go to and just spend. You know, I mean, I know we've tried. There, there's been Attempts in the past to get Washington Avenue up, up to that status, and be it'd be great. Yeah. for us, <laughs> but it's just yeah. But Houston doesn't really have that, so you 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 do need to know where to go and, and what to look for. And yeah, it, I think this your movie. I think is going to be very useful for that. I think I think you know it's like why we love Houston. I think we know. I mean, I think we love Houston, and we also know the, the warts and all. Right, we know. You know things we, but we're not we're not New York, we're not New Orleans, we're not Austin. No, we're our own city, yeah. and, and and we appreciate that about our city. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I do want to say is like uh, in the in the story is that there's Emmett Emmett's places over there, South Post Oak, mm-hmm. was that Willow Bend and all that. Uh, wonderful musicians in that area too. Uh, that place is a neighborhood place mm-hmm. and support your neighborhood place. Yeah. The Big Easy is a neighborhood place. Support your neighborhood yeah. place. The Heights, White Oak, I'm going to Ready Room later today. Uh, uh, Thomas Elton's playing there with uh, Charlie Perez. Um, it's a jazz thing, I guess. That's a neighborhood place. Support, you know, the places up and down White Oak. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we should like, you know, say, oh, this should be, only music on one street and one no. side part of town. Yeah. You know, I go to Beale Street in, in, in Memphis. You know, I've been there several times, multiple times. And yeah, I mean, it's like blocks and blocks of this, right? Or Bourbon Street, New Orleans, or New Orleans, the whole city. Yeah. But 
but it's like you go the rest of the city and it's like nothing, you know, you go, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. you, if you, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? There's nothing else. Yeah. The people, everybody, st- or I never got to, it's a broad street, I think in, in, in uh, Nashville, something like that. Yeah. Or something like that. Well, I, I never made it. I, I didn't make it past the, make it past the airport in Nashville. Yeah. But, but, and there was resistance at the airport too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can support your local neighborhood place uh you know i think they're having some music down the street over here at this uh new venue they do right yeah, uh, anyway, yeah. i know that that uh, morris is doing a gig there like yes. the first maybe first week of the month and then they i've seen some other stuff posted i i haven't got the whole calendar but we should nourish those places you know Absolutely, what i'm saying yeah. or, i'm sorry nurture those places so musicians and customers like myself you know if they if a new place opens up and they have live music, let's go there. Let's discover it, you yeah. know? And, and it should, it should be great that you can walk to mm-hmm. your local pub, your neighborhood pub and get blackguards or your Irish rock fix or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, having said that, you know, sixth street and whatever bourbon street, it, it's such an unhouston thing <laughs> to even <laughs> think about because I, I don't like we say sixth street, I, I don't, when I go to Austin, I don't want to go to 6th Street. I, I, I kind of avoided it. Yeah, I, I know. I went to places off of 6th uh, uh, Street, you know, it was close. But, but that's that. what people coming in from out of town want to know. It's like, where are these places, you know? And Houston doesn't have one place you can tell people yeah, to go. Yeah, really, I think, I think it'd be, it, it, uh, there are places that are near each other yeah. and they're close enough to each other that I think, you know, um, I wish there was more on uh, Washington. I agree with you. There's, venues but a lot of places some places are, are off on. and on like liberty you know doesn't really do music much anymore right. you know yeah. um and and that's their choice i mean their business and however that works but part of it is because you know maybe people aren't there for the music if people go for music and they demand the music they ask for music i want to hear uh, you know i'm 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 disappointed i don't hear blaggards on my street you know like uh mm-hmm. i'm watching i can i can't walk to hear blaggards i mean you have to go you know to tomball or or yeah. Or to you know Vegas to get blackguards, you know. Uh, you guys, I mean, it's great that you guys get to tour, but I don't get to hear you guys enough in Houston. It should be more places, you know, in a, in, in the loop for everybody. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think I so I think you, I think it it's Houston is different. I think we should appreciate that um, because it, and and Houston's affordable. That's one reason Houston's affordable. I think because. You can live just about anywhere. You know, it's relatively affordable, right? It's always getting more expensive to live yeah. in Houston. But I mean, but it, so a venue should be able to open wherever it is and be able to find a a, a, a critical mass of of neighborhood people that will support that restaurant, that bar, and their live music if they choose to have that. And I think yeah. that's the decentralization of Houston. I think is is a positive and can be a positive. Absolutely, yeah. I think the Big Easy is such a great example of that because that's my neighborhood, actually. But that is, and I know Tom, uh, the owner of that place, he's such a great guy. And he thinks he thinks of the Big Easy. He's, he's, he's told me this many times. The Big Easy to him is his church that he that he presides over, and he's it, he's extremely passionate about what he does. And it's and I love him about that's why I, that's why I love everybody loves Tom because of that. But the Big Easy is in such an unlikely location for what it for what it offers. Holy, right? It, it it has. You know, it, obviously, it's named after New Orleans. Oh, that was named after you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's a whole other story. A, it's there. in a spark, yeah. It's in. A, I don't even know what you call that neighborhood of Kirby, but it's 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 basically just a, a retail district. They're not even a district. Well, there's, there's, there's no district. It's near Rice Village, but it's not yeah. Rice Village. It's yeah. near. It's it, near uh, 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 
Bayou Oaks. It's Bayou Oaks in uh, Southampton, but it's that, not the, bad. It's right. near Westview, but it's not, not bad. No, You're no. Right. It's kind of, yeah. And it's a perfect example of what, what Houston has. That you, right. You've got this just amazing little, little, little mecca of, of culture, you know, right next to a Domino's and a Starbucks. <laughs> literally. It's, it's, it's literally. It's between Domino's and, a, and, and a fire And a Firestone. Yeah. yeah. And that's Houston. Right. Yeah. Firestone, Starbucks, yeah. Yeah. and Domino's. Yeah. That's Houston. And I... I have, I, that, that place, that bar before Tom bought it, it used to be called the Crown and Serpent. Do you remember right? that? I, I, I probably went once back in the day in the nineties yeah. when it was Crown Serpent, and then kind of stuck my head in. I and, think, yeah, and then didn't come back until it was the Big Easy. Yeah, the, the one time I was one in there, I think I was playing. I was opening a, a show for my friends in Zuzu's Pedals, a band that uh, used to play in Houston. I was playing. I did an acoustic opening set for them there. So that to me, I go there. It's like I. I just feel the history of it and and uh wonderful history. it's places like yeah places like the big easy and the continental club are are, are precious and uh, um people absolutely need to support them as much as they can and you know i don't i don't want to see what happened to fitzgerald's happening in these other places you know please totally never yeah yeah, yeah. I, 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 you, just, to think of a day when you, you we don't have the big easy yeah. i always hope that you know it'll you know, it'll survive in some way for, you know, I, because other places have that kind of history, you know, other New York and, and we're still a young city. That's the other thing. Houston is different because we're a young city. We're still, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the state, you know, other than the, the Spanish history, but we're a young state. We're a young, you're, we're a young, very young city. And so uh, we're still forming our history and we're, we're part of it. I I, I want to capture. Somebody uh, asked me if I was going to do, or you can put Beyonce in there. You know, like get maybe an interview of like these big names, or you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, you got to put some of the. You know, uh, I, I, I this is not a, like a history uh, documentary. I want to. There's some people that I'm I'm going to, and I'm, I won't sort of put myself in a corner just now. But I do want to do some things about some people who have. Influence me. Luther will be in it uh, somehow. Excellent. I uh, included um, some footage I have that I shot, and then some people talking about him. You know, uh, musicians uh, mostly. And uh, but um, so he's going to get in there, and some other people that that have sort of passed while I've been doing this. But I want it to be like a snapshot of contemporary Houston musicians. People right now, you guys, and and your colleagues, and and uh, in every genre or most genres that I can get. I've I've been I've been out the these guys who do the the loud uh the the punk but yeah punk and other i i have i have to learn all this lingo all this music all these subgenres of what I, I to me it's all it's punk but there's other terminologies and that that, that these kids are like introducing me to but all this stuff i, I want to share all that and but it's what's going on now mm-hmm. and and you i may bring in somebody like and i do bring in somebody like Horace Grisby who was you know in his 80s and he's a Houston institution, you know, jazz, blues, vocalist, Bob Henson, you know, people like that, or Trudy Lynn, you know, uh, are certainly going to, uh, you know, based on their availability, are going to be in this. But um, they're performing now. They're, 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 they're here now, and they're making music in Houston now. So it's a snapshot of Houston 2019 is, is what this is about. It's not a, a, a necessarily a history lesson. There'll be a little bit of that. And uh, and I want to hear about you know I want to hear about Fitzgeralds and a little bit about Blancos mm-hmm. and and all that. But I, I I want people to sort of say you know I can I, after they see the film they can go somewhere that not, that same night 
and enjoy themselves yeah. you know, and yeah. see those some of the people see you guys at molly's pub downtown or something like that mm-hmm. you know um that same night and experience that yeah i i, th- I think it's great and i hope that we get a i hope that we get a large uh a large viewership for this because it's it, it needs it's a story that needs to be told absolutely and uh the houston light just needs to be mm-hmm. to to be you know blown up and shown shown around the, the around the country around the world because it's a, it's a it's a city it's a city like no other i'm thrilled to, to live here and i'm lucky to live here yeah and dance to live music is just your facebook page do you have a website as well uh, no i don't have a website okay. i have just dance to live music uh on facebook it's easy to find now mm-hmm. you can google it it actually comes up pretty high up on the I've been doing this long enough without paying anybody yeah, to, yeah. Good, good to do results. that. So it's dance live music. I, I, I just haven't had time for a dot com. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, you know, all this takes time. And right now I'm just trying to, oh my gosh, I've got so much material. I got to yeah. edit. So I'm hoping to drop, um, you'll see some footage real soon, real soon. Like I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Week experience. or so. I have some, I'll put some footage out uh, up on YouTube uh, cool. to promote this. And, um, I've got the day job I teach, you know, yeah. I, I, I teach middle school Oh, cool! and uh, I'm the art teacher at um, Baylor College of Medicine Academy at Ryan. You guys have been, oh, you no guys, you guys have been following each other. You guys middle have got school? A, Were you over there or? I used to work at Baylor College of Medicine. Oh, yeah. did you actually? Uh, 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 I was the editorial assistant at uh, neonatology section at pediatrics yeah. over in the Texas Children's. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, well, friends have, you know, went to Baylor for school and work at, yeah, at Texas Children's. So, so yeah, Baylor gave its name to this middle school. It's a HISD magnet school, a former Ryan middle school and, um, or junior high when you know, we were in school, but, um, yeah. it's a STEM magnet school, you know, for, uh, health professions and, Ooh. and, um, so it feeds into DeBakey, right? Yeah. And then now there's another one. There's a second Baylor at Rusk. So this was the first year for the for the second Baylor, the one at Rusk, and so so they have a they have a somebody from the faculty of Baylor that actually supports the the science curriculum there at uh, at the at the school. And but I'm the art teacher there, and and so yeah. I, I my goal is to incorporate health science into my art lessons. So we draw from science models, and and um, we do a lot of integration of that. And I'm going to do more this year. This is my first year teaching there. So okay. uh, it's it's fun, yeah, it's fun. I love science. That's something else I love too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so and uh, so, what's your background? Do you have like a like a master's or PhD or no? <laughs> so we just uh, yeah, you know, master's and doing whatever, <laughs> whatever right? my art calls but, me to. Yeah, well, you know, and 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 that's the other thing. That's a part of the story I want to tell is is about how um, many musicians, as late as you may you may be out on a tour or you may be or you drive to Galveston, you have to come back the same night or whatever, long story short, but that you may have a day job still. Mm-hmm. You know, many of these guys may have a day job still to, to keep doing what you love to do because what you love to do necessarily doesn't pay that, that as, as great, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, as, or as well as you should. And I, I, I believe that people should be able to make a living at, at what they love. And yes. musicians, you know, and so if this, I mean, I, it kind of bothers me that, and I, I know people like this, it's like... Um, I'm not naming anybody, but you know, I'll ask some dancers and they'll tell me, yeah, you should come down to Big Easy, you know, or and uh, mm-hmm. and the next question after, oh, yeah, yeah, they're a great band. Tell them it's a great band. And you read, you love them. And they get the next, it's like, is there a cover? You know, it's like, and that's kind of like the deciding factor for some people. Yeah. There's a cover, you know, and, it, and often it's, you know, like at the Big Easy, it's $5. Five bucks, yeah. And, but, yeah. but people, uh, 
And I think some of the motivations I've heard some of them say, well, what if I show up, I pay five dollars, I don't like the band, you know, uh, and they feel like they pay for something. But I mean, we pay for something all, we pay for everything. Mm -hmm. we, we, I mean, you go to Starbucks, you don't like that cup of coffee. I mean, I don't know. Are you going to return it? I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's, it, it's sort of like um, everybody, everybody has, a, there's a cost of doing business, you know, Tom has an overhead and mm -hmm. Gordon has an overhead, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and you guys, um, have bills, you have, you know, you yes. know, you have, you have, <laughs> you have mortgages and, and, yeah. and, and rent and whatever, you know, and instrument, you know, uh, uh, keep up or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the time that you gotta do that, you gotta pack up your equipment, you gotta load it on the truck, mm -hmm. you gotta drive over there, yeah. you gotta set up yeah, and you still haven't started playing. Right. <laughs> and then you play. And you get maybe a 15 minute, you know, a break, a couple maybe of 15 minute breaks and, you know, just enough time to go to the bathroom maybe, you know, yeah. and, and then it's, it's one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and in, in the, in the, in the morning yeah. and you have to pack up everything again. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in the truck. Yeah. Drive home. Yeah. Unload it. Cause you probably don't want to get broken into, put mm -hmm. it inside of your home, lock it up, mm -hmm. you know? You don't get paid for all that before and after all that prep no. time, you know. And yeah. I want to, I want to, one of these days, and if it's not you guys, somebody else, I want, I want to videotape you guys loading. Okay. You know, seriously, you know, one of these days, and uh, yeah. we, we got a little time, and um, it, it, maybe just you know, I'll get Patrick or whatever, you know, or, or when when you go on your or road trip, yeah. load, get you guys loading for the road trip. What you have to pack or, or yeah, uh, load up, and uh, so you can have everything you need, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, um, because people don't know about that. They, they have no, uh, sense or perspective, you know, yeah. perspective for that. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. It's something we, we, we've just, we don't think about it a whole lot. We've talked about it a few times on the show, but it's, it is, yeah, there's a lot of work <laughs> that goes into this that for us is just like, you know, it's second nature. We just do yeah, it. It's just something it. that we have to do because, but, but, but yeah, a lot of people don't realize how much there is on either end of a show. Yeah. First of all, if you're a musician, there's no rate. I mean, maybe if you're a wedding band, there's, there, there, there might right. be a rate. Wedding they bands, might yeah. charge 1000 yeah. 2000 an hour, whatever. Uh, however, if you're a local musician and you're playing in just regular bars around, you're not touring, there's no local rate. For the, 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 the club knows what you're worth, and they'll probably offer you a lot less, and then you can fight to get, you know, get beyond that. However, when you, when you, when you get a band in for... $100 a man that has been around for many, many years, you're getting hundreds of thousands of practice hours of most likely schooling. You're getting stage hours. You're getting studio hours. You're getting all these hundreds of thousands of hours of experience for $100 for your night. And the, the club wants four hours of music out of you, which is, you know, it's, it's an insane amount of music for one night mm -hmm. in that people, you'll notice the tables turn. People leave they can't stay for that long i don't care who you are what what band you are so there's that but now there's the flip side now we tour and when we go out and we play in a place called Cal you know called california or called vegas or called but they have their limits to what they can pay a band like us yes yeah, some people have heard of us a lot of people haven't so when we get there we're not getting what we think we're worth we're getting what the club is worth and what you're going to bring how many people are you going to bring in in a in a brand new club in California or in a place in Utah or in a place in Oregon, you know, you're not going to get, 
you're not going to get what you think you're worth. However, if the club is fair and they'll work with you on that, you know, so you're at the mercy of that, you know, of the of the club when you when you go to tour. You know, you're at the mercy of all, the, you know, and, and unless you have a big promotions team behind you, you can't get the word out. It's, you know, you're spinning your wheels trying to get them, you know. So that's the both sides of the coin is you're not going to get people to pay you, you know, your miles, your hours, your, you're not going to get people to pay that. So you got to go out and you got to, you got to pound the pavement until, until it, until it works. Yeah. Thanks very much to Jose for being on the show today. We're, we're hoping to, uh, to talk with him again. Yeah. Look out as soon as we have news on his, on his film, we'll try to fill you in. I guess that's it. Yeah. For this week. Thanks for, thanks for listening. And, uh, Remember, if you have questions, Chad's number is 1-800-PURE-SEX. <laughs> I keep changing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you guys. Adios.